new views here from the 573 podcast here. Ryan McDaniel joined by Matt Morgan. It's been a long time since Matt's been on one of the podcasts. So, Matt, how are you doing today? Well, I, I'm doing good. Uh, yeah, a lot of life changes been going on. Lots of big stuff in the old world of Mateo. So, uh, yeah, I haven't been able to be on the podcast in a while. But, hey, it's great to be back. Happy to be here. And uh, we get to talk. You know, it, I, I got to miss out on a lot of the super dead time of sports. Uh, mm-hmm. We're still kind of in the dead time, but we're getting there. We're getting close. Yeah, we are. We're getting there. You know, some are moving faster than others. Yeah, and so that's what we're going to talk about a little bit today. Uh, before we get to what all we're getting to today, the usual house cleaning bit, as I referred to him early pre-show. Uh, of course, go check us out on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, where you guys get your podcasts, and go check out the entertainment show. Uh, on the views side, go check out the episode I did with my good friend Charles Jones talking about what's going on with the protests, police brutality, all that stuff. And go check out the entertainment from the 573 where we just dropped an episode, a new one, within the last hour where we talked about Captain America, the Winter Soldier, and go into all the glorious film that that film is. So go check that out once you get done listening to this podcast. But we got a lot coming up on the docket for today. We're going to talk a little bit about Kaepernick, what the NFL is doing. You try... uh, to try to see if they can bring Kaepernick back, see if he can sign with the team and what they're doing with uh, racial inequality and all this stuff going forward. We're also going to talk a little bit about NASCAR, what's been going on there, and all the stuff with that. We're going to be talking about the NBA, some of the new stuff that's come out with that. Is it feasible? We're, we're still a little over a month away from that getting started, so we'll talk about that. But first off, Matt, we're going to be talking about some baseball. And from what you told me, you are really ticked off at how they've handled this. Idiots. So have at it. <laughs> idiots. Absolute idiots. Can I, can I just go in right now? Oh, yeah. Go for okay. it. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, I really haven't had a chance to really put all of my thoughts into, like, one place on this. But, Ryan, basically... So, back in March, whenever all of this was, like, first starting... You know, when spring training had to get shut down early, all that kind of stuff. The players and the owners made an agreement. And that agreement was that the players would get prorated salaries for this season. Right. Meaning, if we play 50% games, players get 50% of their pay. If we play 80% of our games, players get 80% of their pay. If we play 30% of the of the games, players get 30% of the pay. Okay. That, I don't know about you, Ryan. I think that sounds very fair. Yeah. You know, hey, if if your job comes to you, Ryan, and they say, Ryan, look, COVID's hit us hard. We have to cut your hours down to just 20 hours instead of 40. But we're still going to pay you for 20 hours because you work 20 hours. Ryan, would you think that that's fair? I think that's fair, you know, with what's going on. Yeah. Okay. So then there – since then, basically – the MLB, on their side, from what I understand, has been... Whenever they initially made that offer, um, they were kind of under the assumption that the games would be played with fans. Whether or not they should have made that assumption at the time, that's up to you, up to, you to decide. Uh, yeah, so 
Then they've been making new proposals, and basically all these proposals have been... How do I put this? Absolute crap. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, they've been things like a sliding scale to where the highest paid players get paid, like... I think at one point it was like 35% of their salary. Um, You know, on top of the prorated salary, so it'd be like 35% of the 50%. It was, it's been a mess. And basically, the players have been steadfast, as they should, in my opinion, of being paid a prorated salary. Yeah. I think that makes sense. You know, you're not going to work 30 hours and you get paid 20. And for the people who are complaining about these millionaires, complaining about their money, one thing I think to keep in mind is that it's very easy to look at the our Pujolses of the world, right? The Bryce Harpers, you know, mm. all of the big names getting their millions upon millions of dollars, right? Um, one of the big personal examples I always look at is our buddy Joey Lucchese from, from yeah. Seattle. Uh, he is currently in the last year of contract renewal, um, which for people who don't understand how MLB rookie contracts work, Basically, for the first three years of your MLB career, you are pretty much still paid like a minor leaguer. Um, you know, he's getting about $600,000 this year, uh, just under it, which, you know, hey, that's a lot of money. I would love that. That would be so great. <laughs> but when you're an MLB player, that's not the expected standard, and that that's that's peanuts for the owners. You know, $600,000, that's nothing. That's a sneeze. You know, and so players like, there's a lot more Joeys out there who are on, you know, best case scenario, $600,000 contract this year. Um, That's not happening, as we know. You know, at best, that's prorated now. And so that number dips. And then if that dips even farther, well, Joey, after this season, goes into his first year of arbitration, which basically means that the team and the player both send out numbers. They neutral, if they can't come to an agreement, a neutral arbitrator chooses a number between the two then. And usually that, that's a nice little bump up usually. It'll probably end up being a few million dollars. That's next year though. So Ryan, I mean, if this year played out and, you know, heaven forbid Joey blows out his elbow, hurts his shoulder, you know, the owners would not look at him and then say, oh, well, you know, Joey, we're going to pay you what we would have paid you anyway. You're a good sport. You, you came out here and you, you played for us, you know, even though you didn't have to. No, that's not what would have happened. So, I don't know. The owners, they've got plenty of time to make their money, you know. Take a loss this year. It happens, man. You own a business. Losses happen when you own a business sometimes. It's not ideal. No one's winning in all of this situation. But to, you know, I think the MLB, like, prestige and the league stock goes down drastically if there's no season. I mean, just yeah. like the perception of the public, of average Joe, whether he's blaming the players or if he's blaming the owners, he is going to become less interested in what the money split is and what's going on with baseball once these other sports start. And they're going to be starting. I mean, pretty much every other league kind of seems to have a pretty rock-solid plan for late July at this rate. Yeah. So, right, I basically, I think that both sides, especially the owners, I really, I really can't find much fault in the players. 
No. I, I mean, really can't. Yeah, I would be ticked off too. If I'm working a set amount of hours and I get screwed on how much I'm getting paid for that amount of hours I worked, I'm of course going to be mad. That's regardless of whether you're a multimillionaire playing baseball or whether you're just the average Joe. You got an average 9 to 5 job. If I'm not getting paid with the amount of hours I'm working for, there's a problem. I, I just don't. Like I, said, I, I understand the owners don't want to take a loss. And then you had things like Bill DeWitt come out and say, you know, the Cardinals owner and say how, oh, well, you know, owning an MLB team, really not that profitable. Get the F out of here, man. <laughs> like, okay, maybe it's not that profitable compared to like Amazon or Facebook or, you know, the things that your other billionaire owners, you know, buddies own. But dude, you own an MLB team. You cannot tell me that you're not making enough money. Like, get out. I I don't want to hear about your problems with that. You know, is yeah. it? You know, yeah, maybe it's maybe an MLB team's not as profitable as an NFL team. Okay, sure. But man, I I just can't deal with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get get the heck out of here, man. So. I don't know, Ryan. I don't know. Um, apparently, the MLB is going to be proposing something here pretty soon today, I think. Well, about an that, offer between like 70 and 75 games. Yeah, that's what I got pulled up. Uh, it was just put out less than an hour ago. Uh, yeah. Carl Rav- Ravitch reported, uh, like you said, 70, 75. The owner's proposal will include a payment of somewhere between 80 and 85% of the player's prorated salary, which is a slight increase from their most recent offer. And, of course, you get the expanded playoffs and a share of the playoff pool for the players. And so this is the third offer that's been presented to either side this week. Uh, so what's what's your take on this latest offer? 70-75 uh, games played. You get expanded playoffs. And eighty to eighty-five percent of the players' prorated salary. Well, I'm looking around it right now, and like I said, this literally like just came out. I don't see anything about the one of the big things with last proposal that I didn't like from the MLB side was uh, that the money was only going to be at its guaranteed top amount if they got to play the entire season, including playoffs. Mm. I don't see that. Um, maybe I'm just missing it here, but I don't see that yet at least. Um, cause that's another thing is, is that, you know, I, again, I understand the owners needing to protect themselves a little bit. I do. I, I get it. Um, but at the same time we've, you know, there's a pretty decent chance that there's going to be another round with COVID in the fall. You know, there's that possibility out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and in that case, you're kind of screwing the players again in another way. You know, if, if the season doesn't happen in the uh, fall like we, we hope it does. Um, I don't see anything about that right now. So maybe that's out of there and it's all guaranteed at what their payment numbers are. No matter what, that'd be a good thing. I don't know. It's just... It's, it's nasty. It's not good. Yeah, and I'm looking at the end of this article... Sources told Ravitch 
today that the owners are looking to have a tighter window for the season to avoid starting and then having to stop play because of the pandemic. That's a good idea. Which, well, that means less games. And, yeah. you know, Ryan, that's one thing all my buddies and I were kind of talking about uh, yesterday is that an MLB season is 162 games. Mm-hmm. An NFL season is 16 games. Could you imagine? Like, at one point the proposal was 50 games. Which, 50 games, it sounds like a lot. On a, you know, percentage standpoint, you know, on a, on a ratio, that's five NFL games. Imagine an NFL season of five games. <laughs> and saying, yep, that's enough for us to determine a winner. <laughs> and, and it's such a bad, like I said earlier, it's such a bad look that we're going to end up having hockey. We're going to end up having the NBA in the summer. This is supposed to be the MLB's time to shine. I know. I mean, this is one thing we talked about early on when this pandemic happened is that we thought, a lot of people thought, baseball was probably going to be the first one to get back on track because let, uh, we talked about some of this pre-show, is that, you know, there's not so there's not a whole lot of contact with baseball as there is hockey or NBA, stuff like that. So with baseball, I mean, you're seeing the Korean baseball leagues play right now. And everything seems to be working out just fine. And yeah. And so now the fact that we're still waiting on the MLB to get back to playing. And right now we, and we got hockey saying they're coming back. We got NBA putting out a date that they're officially coming back. Uh, I'm seeing some NFL teams are still keeping the date that they're reporting for training camp. And so, yeah, this is not a good look for baseball when you should have been able to come out right out of the gate said, Hey, we're going to work this out. Let's get a date. We are the easiest sport to get back on the playing field. Let's figure something out. And here it is in June and we, and we got nothing. It's a real, it's a real shame. And I understand that there are business aspects to it. I understand that there are, Money aspects that come along with that and complications. I think if you're the owners, though, you really have to look at the situation and say, do we want a fan base that does not trust us again? Because in 94, when they had the strike, from what I understand, you know, I was just born. Um, but from what I understand, back then, they lost a lot of fans with the strike. And a lot of fans never really came back. Until McGuire and Sosa, which there's going to be an mm. awesome 30 for 30 on here yeah. very soon. You know, until McGuire and Sosa really just tore it up and, and created so much buzz about baseball again, fans didn't come back. And the way that, the way that Sosa and McGuire did it, pretty frowned upon. Not great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so that's not, you know. I would believe that that is not coming back in that way. You know, we're not going to have a 70 home run season about three years from now. That's going to bring your fans back. And so you have to look at this and say, are we willing to hurt the, the prestige and the interest of our league long-term in order to not take a one-year loss? I think that's what you have to balance. And to me, the answer is obvious. Yeah. So... Watching this all unfold, it I'm not, I'm not the biggest baseball fan. You know that. Oh, Ryan, you love baseball. <laughs> I love it when that World Series comes on. That's great. <laughs> but even as somebody who is 
doesn't have that much of an eye on baseball. This is frustrating. It, yeah, I can't and, imagine how the how, how all the players feel right now. And, and those fans, well, the, the the Ryan McDaniel's of the world are the fans that probably just will stop caring once <laughs> the other sports return, and they're just never gonna pay attention to baseball from like that point on. <laughs> yeah. And I don't blame yeah. them. I don't blame yeah. Ryan McDaniel's for doing that. Yeah, baseball. This was your time to get me, and you screwed up. Yeah. <laughs> and now we're getting NBA back in late July, and I'm going to be too focused on that. Versus Ryan, like, okay, yeah, Ryan, you are the exact fan that I'm talking about here. Where, you know, yeah, you're not the biggest baseball fan, but let's just say on my birthday, July 3rd, was opening day for baseball. How are you spending the 4th of July? And also consider the fact that, too, a lot of 4th of July events aren't happening. Right? Like, everybody mm-hmm. goes out and watches fireworks and stuff. And maybe there'll be fireworks in some capacity, but not the way there normally would be. You're not going to some big festival, Ryan. So, come 4th of July, what would you be doing? Uh, I'd be watching baseball. Exactly. Instead, what are you going to do on the 4th of July? Uh, I know, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, have no, I have no idea. But you're not going to be watching baseball. Yep, nope. Yeah, and the, that's a big misstep on their part. Yeah, that that's a prime date. That 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 was a prime day for them to get started back, and here you are, uh, what June twelfth? Uh, so yeah, I, honestly, I, I'm forgetting what day it is because, like you said, with everything oh. that's been going on, it's felt like one big thing, and also with everything going on, your boy forgot last night when uh his his parents are asking like. Oh, what do you want me to get for uh, yours truly? And it's like, what are you talking about? It's like, oh, your, you know, your birthday's coming up, right? It's like, oh crap, I forgot. <laughs> that is the like, most quarantine thing ever. You forgot your own birthday. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's coming up in ten days. I'm like, oh wait, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's rough out there because, uh, yeah, yeah, it's 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 not it's not good. This has been the longest March ever. <laughs> we, we've been in March for like three months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, March f- took forever. April flew by. We got into May, and now we're here into June. Y'all, honestly, it, June has kind of flown by early on. So, Well, I... It flew by, and then it like stopped. And I'm, I'm in a weird space time-wise these days. It's weird. <laughs> Cause like you know, with the move and all of that, it's been it's been a whole thing. I uh, yeah, I don't know what time is. Time's nothing. <laughs> yeah. So let's move on to NBA. Let's talk some NBA. Oh, speaking of getting back on the field, Ryan. Um, if we have time at the end of the show, uh, is it okay if I tell a golf story? Yeah, sure. We got I- nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think because I, I haven't been on the show since I moved, so I haven't had a chance to tell the story. So, if uh, if there's time at the end of the show, I'll um, need to tell a little bit of a golf story. Yeah, Make a have, note, don't forget. A, let's see, golf story. Got it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> All right, basketball. Here we go. Yeah, I, I put in my Winter Soldier note, so I got to make sure that it's uh, it's not. I don't forget it. <laughs> <laughs> Last I checked, there's no golf story of Winter Soldier, so I got to be careful for that. Well. Thanos is not in that one, so there's yeah, that. yeah. That'll be come to a little yeah. later. Yeah, we're still waiting on that. So NBA, so, Ryan, how excited are you for it? 
I'm really excited to get the NBA back. You know, I still remember the day that everything got canceled and what happened with Rudy Gobert and it's like yep. this bit by bit of news coming. I was like, oh crap. And then, and then like I told the story on my podcast with Charles is that the day after I started feeling a little weird. Start feeling you a little did, funny. You, and me and Peter <laughs> thought you had it. <laughs> I thought uh-huh. I did too. Turn, it was a stomach bug. Uh, yeah. Thankful for that. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but yeah. And so after that, it's just like, oh, man, no NBA, no March Madness, uh, no nothing. And so now we're getting it. We're getting the NBA back. They've changed the dates. It's now they moved it up a date to July 30th. And we talked about a little bit on I guess it's because of, uh, pod. I guess it's because of um, a TNT contract. I guess. Because I, TNT has a Thursday game, ESPN has Friday, so that was kind of the way I took it. Yeah, and I'm seeing those, that those broadcasting crews are going to be working. Of course, they're not going to be there. There's going to be a very limited media presence in that Orlando bubble. So yeah. they're going to be doing these games. Like I just saw last night with uh, the Korean Baseball Leagues where a couple of the announcers were working, uh, I guess, at their homes or a studio. And I saw Kevin Harlan point out that that's pretty much how they're going to be doing it for both ESPN, for TNT, stuff like that. But, yeah, I'm really excited. But there's, of course, been a lot of doubt, obviously, because nobody really knows how this is going to pan out. And recently, there's been a little bit of a surge here in Orlando with the coronavirus. There has. Yeah, apparently. And that's a bit concerning. And already, when you have a lot of players already being concerned about going there, living in this bubble for... What you got the finals going to October for at least three months? I think I saw and, somewhere like sixty-seven days. Yeah, so I think what you saw is that you know fourteen of the teams will be eliminated within fifty-three days of arriving, and only four teams will remain after sixty-seven days. Uh, that's taking into account the playoffs and teams getting eliminated uh, and stuff like that. But, yeah, that's been a lot of news coming out recently is that these players are you know, are wondering, are they, go- are they going? That's something that's been keeping an eye on, whether it's because of the protests or whether it's because of the virus. Mm. I heard a really interesting thing. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon was on J.J. Reddick's podcast uh, here recently, and he kind of talked about the idea of some players sitting out where, like, some players will be sitting out because of the virus. Some players will be sitting out because of what's going on in the country with Black Lives Matter, with the protests, and the protests that way. And he said he can see that side, but he can also see as, you know, if they want to protest, well, what's a better way? Like we talked about here, the NBA is coming back. There's no other sport that's going to be there to compete with it. So all eyes are going to be on the NBA, and that can be a way that players can protest if they, if they want to do that, that that's a way they can do that. And as they get further into the playoffs that you can do a little bit more of that and more eyes will be onto that. So if players are concerned about it either way, I I don't blame them either. If it's whether it's a virus or whether it's the protest. Now, Matt, of course 
you haven't you haven't been on the podcast in a while. So, what's your take on what the on the NBA's plan? Um, I I like it. It I think the one of the things I really like about it is it does sound very thought out. You know, um, I, I like that, and I think every league has really nobody is just kind of willy dealing it. You know, no one's going full WWE where they're just pretending it's not a thing. You know, mm-hmm. I think everybody's kind of approaching it very smartly and very well. And I understand the concerns from players about risking their lives, in, you know, in some manners, you know, uh, going out and doing it. I, t- I totally get that. You know, that's an aspect of the MLB that we don't even talk about anymore because of everything else that's going on. Um, yeah, I, I, I like, and I like that point too. Who you said, uh, Brogdon made that point? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really good point of like, hey, you know what? You get that platform, you're out there. Yeah, that's a really good way of spreading a message. Um, and, you know, the NBA has always been kind of one of the leagues that's always at the forefront of giving players their own platforms, giving players their own personalities to be able to kind of express those kinds of opinions. Yeah, so you got nothing else. You got no sport going on, so everybody's going to be paying attention. And people love their basketball. People miss their basketball. Well, and like you said, Ryan, you know, much like with baseball where, you know, nothing else is on, so everyone's going to be watching it, that's going to be kind of the case with, with NBA where people who aren't NBA fans will tune in. Yeah. I, yeah. You know what? I feel good for the Fe- random Phoenix Sun fan that's going to be able to get to watch his team in the summer when he's usually watching it in summer league. Uh, but... <laughs> But yeah, I'm really, uh, I'm really interested in how this is all going to pan out within the next few days. Uh, I'm looking at this Woj article. Woj has been on it as per usual. Uh, you got the camp starting July 9th to July 11th. You got a brief quarantine period before formal training camps before uh, the season starts back on July 30th. And so, yeah, I'm. Really excited to see. This is an opportunity, I think, for that play-in stuff. The possibility of the play-in tournament for the eighth seed. I, we might have touched on this. It might have been late last year, early this year, where Silver was talking about potential ideas to change the playoff format. This is one of those ideas. It's the idea of a play-in tournament. Now, although it's on a much... It's not as big of a scale. It's just for the eighth seed. It could be an opportunity to see how this plays out. But... The rub here is not uh, all these teams will not have played the same amount of games. Right. And like the NHL has their point system. Right. Um, and so they do one by point percentage from this point forward uh, to decide who they're going to have in the playoffs. NBA doesn't have the point system. So I guess you go win percentage. That's what they talked about doing. Going win- winning percentage. And so you're going to have to try to figure that stuff out. Like if a team goes three and five and somebody goes seven and one, like you got the Blazers, you got the Pelicans there trying to get for that final eighth spot from the Grizzlies. And yeah, so, but I think uh, as far as the Grizzlies are concerned, I'll just, I'll, I have it here while it's on my brain. I think if they go three and five and one of those other teams goes seven and one, uh, I still think they would be good to go. Uh, but one of the things here is if that ninth seed is within four games or less, 
then that's when you get the play-in stuff going on. In which case, if you're the team that's ahead, say the so say the Pelicans are four games or less ahead, less games behind the Grizzlies. They play a playing tournament, two games. The Pelicans had to win both games to get that eight seed. The Grizzlies, on them in the meanwhile, would have to win just one to make it. And so, I'm going to be really interested in see if there's going to be that possibility where a team is going to be four games or less, or whether you know there's going to be a team and they're just yeah so far ahead. And, and so, if it's four games or more, the playing situation doesn't happen. And I, I think it's more so in the West and the East because the Wizards, uh, the Wizards really, I don't think have have a shot to get in unless they go eight and zero here. But uh, even in that case, but I'm really excited. To, I'm just really excited to get basketball back, man. <laughs> I am I, excited for literally any and all sports uh, to be on my television live. Um, one of the things I've been doing to keep myself entertained is watch old games. Mm-hmm. And uh, last week I watched the Rams and Titans Super Bowl. Oh, man. You're killing that me. That was fun. That was good. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, I mean, real life NBA tops that. Yeah. You know, sure that, Rams top t- that, one. <laughs> that Rams Titans game, you know, it pop, uh, thought just occurred to me. That's like infinity war. Like it's so great. And then you get a crappy ending. <laughs> oh, I disagree. <laughs> I well, enjoyed that ending quite a bit. It, um, it's think it's an ending from a certain point of view. Th- there you go. It, 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 it's kind of, yeah. Yeah, I guess for us it's only a civil war, you know. <laughs> Teasing yeah. to next week. Oh, you're welcome, Ryan. Hashtag promotion. That's why they <laughs> pay me go. the big bucks. Well, that's why Disney pays you the big bucks. Because <laughs> we bring up content. We bring up Avengers in the middle of the sports podcast at least three times. <laughs> we have a quota. Yeah. Uh. I guess the last couple things here I'm going to talk about with the NBA is, you know, the fact that we're going to get a lot of players healthy. A lot of players are going to be coming back from injuries. Or some are going to be missing the rest of it, like LaMarcus Aldridge. <laughs> oh, yeah. Did you see yeah, that? Sorry yeah. about that. Yeah. Well, you know, Kevin Durant's not coming back. It only makes sense that the best players in the league don't return. Yeah. So, I'm really excited to see, you know, my Grizzlies, of course, at this time period... Jaron Jackson was hurt. Brandon Clark was hurt. And so, now you're going to get those back. And also, Justice Winslow, you're going to have him back for this. You're going to get to see how he plays. And I'm really excited to see Justice Winslow in a Grizzlies uniform and see how he fits. Uh, and, Ryan, I, I, I have a question for you. All right. Um, So, this year, the Spurs were not going to be making the playoffs. Like, it's it was looking that way. Um... <laughs> This would have been the first time that they would miss, though. Yeah. <laughs> and so, can I make the case that, like, this one has an asterisk next to it, and we just kind of run it up again next year and see what happens? <laughs> like, can, can, I, can I make the argument that this doesn't count? Well, I mean, from a certain perspective, I guess you can make yeah. say it doesn't count. By the from way, perspective. I, I, feel like the Go- I feel like the Golden State Warriors should have been given an opportunity. Like, even though they were mathematically eliminated in their 15 and 50, like, the fact that Steph, and like, I, I, would, I would 
would think Clay could be clear to play. Um, I just feel like it would have been a lot of fun to see them be given, like, an opportunity of, like, if you win every single game, like, like, Golden State has to run the gauntlet. They have to beat all 29 teams in a row in order to make the, <laughs> in order to have the eight seed. I feel like Golden State should have been given that opportunity. Well, I think, I think with the play-in stuff with that, I think that's the key thing to look at going towards the future with uh, if they want to do that because say you have a team that gets banged up early and their record is poor for it and say and they get put into this somehow and then you can have those players back healthy and then you can make that run so i don't know that's going to be something to watch out for uh i guess and that brings up another point just that just brought up to mind about how they're going to go about with next season uh that's going to be yeah. really interesting because I've always had in my mind is that if they do come back, it's going to be a lot like the lockout season in which you're going to see a condensed schedule, a lot of back-to-back-to-back-to-backs, which the <laughs> NBA has been trying to get rid of. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm, that's going to be really interesting to see if they're going to do that condensed schedule thing and try to fit one whole season from December to June or – where they'll just run it through the summer because in the summer, you pretty much got baseball. You got some soccer here and there, but pretty much you got baseball, which the NBA could probably, if they wanted to, they could have some games in July, have some games in August, and see how that works. Well, and I think you know, kind of one of the points I always made about football is I never understood why it seemed so locked in that the Super Bowl had to be like the early February. Mm-hmm. You know, what's really the difference for football between early February and late February, or, or even early March, you know, if they were expanding out their season a little bit. Um, I was kind of wanting to see the NFL expand backwards rather than forwards. You know, I would rather see the NFL push into late February than into early August, because the heat. Um, NBA's <laughs> indoors. You know, like, why the F not? Like, just, just have a 365-game schedule and let's run it every day. You know, uh, obviously that's not, you know, that's exaggeration. But, like, yeah, like, <laughs> is, is there a chance that this could cause the NBA season to, like, reshape and morph and change into a December to, I don't know, December to, what would that be, September yeah. season? I mean... It's possible with what's going on that that's given the silver a chance to kind of tinker with things with what he wants to do with the season, the playoffs. So I don't know. I want the teams I'm interested in going back to, you know, the whole players being healthy. I guess this is the final point is I talked about this with Charles on my podcast is he thinks the Clippers are favored to come out and win this whole thing. And I don't disagree with them. Is that you look at it, you got eight regular season games and you got the playoffs. And you hear you got Kawhi and PG. I don't really think you have to worry about load management that much considering by the time you get started back, you're going to be on, what, a four-month-plus break? And if you do that, it, I mean, I don't think it matters. And then you go into the playoffs and you got that team healthy, in which case he made the case, you know, you get those two guys healthy, and you got the roster that the Clippers do, that they could probably go out and win the thing. But then you also got the Lakers and the Bucks and what they decided to do and all that stuff. 
But I think, particularly in the Clippers case, he brought up a good point. You know, you might you you could load management them, but like I said, four months plus of not playing, that's a lot of time. And then you got training camp. So, who do you think is going to come out on top of all of this? I said the Lakers. What was the tournament format? One did it end up being one through sixteen, or did it end up keeping the conferences? It's still the conferences. The the, tur- the, the playing's just for the eighth seed, right? Okay. I think that therefore, in order for me to say who I think it is, I'm just gonna say the Bucks because I don't know who's gonna make it out of the West. Versus, I feel pretty good about the Bucks making it out of the East. Yeah. I mean, we're going to have to get a reacquaint to a lot of these teams. And a lot of these teams are doing good at the moment. I mean, you got the Celtics. You had that big Tatum run that he was on where Tatum was looking like an all-pro. He's looking like a superstar. You had the Heat there. The Heat looking good. Yeah, Jimmy the Heat were looking good. Heat. Yeah. Uh, the Raptors looking very good still. Gosh, it's been but, so long. I don't even remember... I, I don't remember, like, anything. Like, like you were talking about like, the guys who were injured, and I'm trying to remember it. I'm just like, I don't remember who was hurt. Yeah, so just like you uh, so you and me and several others, we're going to get reacquainted with where things stand. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I know the Knicks suck. Oh, uh, yeah, that well, that's stayed the same regardless. Uh, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm just excited to get basketball back. I do hate that even though the Grizzlies are going to be in the, probably most likely in the playoffs, that it's not, I can't go to any games in Memphis. Well, so, uh, uh, yeah, Rebecca just got an email this week actually about uh, finally getting the refund for our tickets. There we go. Because remember way back when all this first was going on, the Saturday after that Wednesday was the Grizzlies game that me and Rebecca were supposed to go to. Yeah. It was it was that upcoming weekend. Yeah. So and then we ended up moving. I mean, now yeah, no kidding. It, it's so long ago that now we live like eight hours away from Memphis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, I can't wait to get this back. I can't wait to see Mickey as the official mascot of all these teams on the sidelines. I think uh, they should. Okay, so there's no fans, right? Right. I think they should have like all the Disney characters just like spread out through the stands. <laughs> like so WWE has been doing this thing where they've been having like a lot of their like trainees and like they're like like people who aren't even on like the NXT like the de- the developmental show. The people who are like below that are like in the crowd socially distanced and they're like fangirling and stuff like that over like the big the big stars. I think that they should do a like lean into it. You're at Disney World. Just yeah. own it. Have have them out there, and you can have, like, I mean, I think even do, like, home road teams, and have, like, the villains cheering for the away team. You know, like, have Darth Vader out there, you know, holding up a sign, you know, for, like, the Lakers, whenever the Clippers are the home team. Like, I, I think you just lean into it. You, you just go all out with it. Like, I think it could be really, really entertaining if you do that. And let's get the Disney princesses on the action. Let them be for, like, the Wizards or oh, songs or something. Oh, absolutely get the princesses. <laughs> like, the, the princesses are the ones who, oh, man. If, I, if this was wrestling and if it was, like, booked and, like, staged, <laughs> there's so much good stuff you could do with it. Like, oh, my goodness. Like, I would have probably, like, the, 
Who's a ah? Mm. Oh, they don't have Dirk anymore. I was gonna say I was gonna have, like the Mavericks make like an underdog run because they're so likable. But they don't have Dirk anymore, so they're not likable anymore. <laughs> um, uh, you know, let's give Chris Paul. Let's give Chris Paul a championship. So I would have like the Oklahoma City Thunder like made its underdog run. And like you know, like like all the princesses are like rooting for the Thunder, and then you have like Jafar rooting for the Lakers. You have Darth <laughs> Vader rooting for the Clippers. Like all the you know all the villains rooting for the other ones, and just one by one they're knocked down by Jasmine and her Oklahoma City Thunder. <laughs> like there's a, there's some uh, real good you know storybook stuff you could do here. Is it too late to get Vince McMahon to book this? Yeah, I tell you, Vince McMahon by the NBA, straight up by the whole league. <laughs> Let's book this. Let's get this thing done. <laughs> How Matt Mormon booked the NBA playoffs. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, switching off from NBA, let's talk about something we don't talk about a lot on here. NASCAR. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, I so... actually just watched uh, the Martinsville night race the other day. Yeah? I, I did. I enjoyed it. So, wh- where do you want to start with this? Do you want to start with... The Bozo they decide to leave, or do you want to start with Bubba? I say let's, you know, let's start with Bubba because yeah, that that's the big thing in here that leads to the Bozo leaving. Essentially, <laughs> like I, like I don't even know his name. He's just the Bozo. <laughs> well, I I don't care. He didn't. He raced thirty one times and he had got zero wins. Well, that's ah, the thing. Uh, <laughs> let, let's go ahead and start with him so we end on a positive and like we we end. With All that, right. So, Bozo, who, you know what? I say we don't even give the guy's name. All right. He is such a no-name, I say we don't even give his name. So, there's a Bozo NASCAR driver who I've never heard of. He's 50 years old. He's only been in, like, 32 Cup Series races, so that's not even a full season of, like, regular NASCAR season. Um, because NASCAR decided to ban the Confederate flag at all their tracks, um, right. he decided, you know what? I don't like the direction you're going in NASCAR. I'm out of here. And everyone said, who are you? Yeah. <laughs> and why were you here to begin with? <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know he was 50 years old, but the yeah, picture he's should 50. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? Thinking back on that, I saw a picture of him. I was like, I should have thought he was 50 years old or something, but <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't even remember Bozo's actual name. I don't remember. Um, it, it's kind of an equal reaction that I had of like, wait, who's this guy? Why, what? <laughs> this was, it's so, he doesn't like the direction that NASCAR's going. There you go. Yeah. I, I don't Tough get stuff. It. You know, I guess good for you for standing up for what you believe in and not... Yeah. I guess. Question mark? <laughs> Question mark. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Bubba Wallace, on the other side of things, standing up for what he believes in, and he he's trying to make things more inclusive in NASCAR. Yeah. And um, that, and they, they put that NASCAR video out with him, Jimmy, uh, a, Dale, a lot of people from NASCAR making that video talking about the Black Lives Matter movement and all that. Which is great, because I think NASCAR gets a little bit of the, you know, I think if you think of the stereotypical NASCAR driver, or not necessarily drivers themselves, but, like, if you think of the stereotypical NASCAR fan, I guess, you know, Mm -hmm. the demographic, it probably leans more towards Bozo 
than it does Bubba. <laughs> yeah. Um. So it's really good to see them kind of making some strides. I think NASCAR is really, really handled everything that's getting thrown at them really well right now. Like, I don't know who their commissioner or, like, who's in charge of NASCAR is, but they're doing a really good job with a lot of these things. Yeah, they're doing a great job with everything like, going on. They're the first thing back on the back on the field, back on the track, you know, post-corona, or during the pandemic. You know, there are no fans in attendance, but they're still giving a really great, you know, fan experience for, for the people watching at home. You know, they're being as inclusive as they can be. They're being as open as they can be with the whole, uh, you know, Black Lives Matter and everything that's going on in the world right now. NASCAR's doing a great job. Yeah. Good job, NASCAR. They are. I, will th- I did get a little worried for Bubba because there was that moment after the race where he's talking to the reporter and something happens to him and, like, you're really concerned for him. We're like, he, I, I don't know. I can't even describe what happened to him. I guess kind of like he, he went in and out, looked like he was losing consciousness or something. Oh, dear. I didn't see that. I turned it off after the race was oh. over. Oh, man. Well, like, well, there's a moment before the race, you know, it, it's talking about getting ready before the race. He was in his car. He was crying because of all the good that he was seeing with pertaining to this movement. Uh, I think they said there was a moment after the race was done where a little spell like this happened, and then he was getting interviewed, and then he had another spell, and like, like it was on camera. He looked like he was losing consciousness. He was, looked like he was slipping in and out, and like I was worried about him. I, I know what that's like, and that's not fun. And could you imagine from, having that and trying to do a race? Well, thankfully, it was after the race. And, I, I mean, I'm sure he had some kind of problems during too right i think when they when they had marty smith on to talk about it on espn and he thinks a lot of it is just you know the fiscal toll mental toll of what went on sure. that whole day is that it took a toll on him and that you know it was such a good thing to see happen but at the same time it was still heavy it was a whole lot uh and so i i'm I'm glad they figured this out, and I think he, he he was fine. I think it was just a little spell, uh, nothing too serious. But it was scary there watching that because I saw the video of him when he was being interviewed, and I saw him slip in, and I was like, "Oh crap, this is good. It, this isn't good. This is this is terrifying to watch." But uh, as far as what he's done is kind of taking the lead with NASCAR. Good for him, and it's nice to see. The rest of NASCAR, see Jimmy, see all the other drivers. It's nice to see them follow his lead. Yes. And to be supportive. And, and to be supportive you know, and to stand with them, stand with uh, stand with this movement and all that stuff. It's great to see. And like I said, it's been great to see how NASCAR has handled this really smoothly. And, you know, taking out the Confederate flags. And you got Bozo over here crying about it. Him and zero bozo. wins. Freaking bozo, man. <laughs> one, one, one thing I did see, I thought it was just, I thought this is just genuinely good humor. Uh, somebody said that bozo like did his best to uh, support the Confederate flag by never winning. <laughs> oh, I, I thought that was kind of funny. Like, <laughs> yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah, that is kind of funny. What else we got, uh, Ryan? Are you ready for my golf story? 
Well, let's save that for the end. Let's okay. let's end on a got? let's end on a good golf story. Uh, let's talk a little about the NFL and what the NFL is trying to do. I had something on my phone about it. I'm trying to pick it up, but uh, with the NFL, with them, and with everything that's going on with the protests with Black Lives Matter and them for racial equality, and especially with Kaepernick, and trying to find a way to to get Kaepernick back in the league. Uh, the NFL did put out... Uh, a lot of the players did put out a video. Michael Thomas, Mahomes, uh, several other players put out a video. Then you have the NFL coming out later with Goodell talking about it. The only thing about Goodell is he probably should have... He should have mentioned Kaepernick. Is By that's name. My, yeah, yeah, by name. But... Alright, so here it is. I, found, I finally found it. So the NFL, they're going to commit $250 million over a 10-year period to combat system, systemic racism and support the battle against injustices faced by, by African Americans. And the league would also be willing to work with Kaepernick on social justice initiatives, which is what they should have done four yeah. years ago. And so now, it's, I, I think one way to help with all this is to find Kaepernick a job essentially with that, with the latter part is to get Kaepernick a job. And I forget how old Kaepernick's now. He's in his thirties now, I believe. And so, uh, let me get this pulled up because how old was he when, oh, when it was 26? Okay. So he's 32. And so, yeah. And so he's, I know there's been clips of him that he's been working out. And which I don't think the NFL is going to do what they're going, uh, what they did what, last year, uh, which set up a workout. That's right. Yes, like the yeah, where the NFL set one up for him. Which guys? That. I think, yeah. So, I I'm sure he's going to get the workout for a lot of teams. I saw there's there's this thing about uh, Pete Carroll with the Seahawks. They were a team that was talking to him. I think 2017. He says a team called him asking about Kaepernick. And so, let's dive into this. We talked about this pre-show about you know Kaepernick and finding a fit for him. Where do you th- where do you think he's going to go? Because I think, it, of course, of course, there's been a lot of bad quarterbacks that have been chosen that have been go- that have been playing in the league over him. And he are and I kind of thought about this last night a little bit and leading up to the pod. Is that there's sort of maybe an Adrian Peterson effect? If you remember, Adrian Peterson did not play that entire year, then came back and was great, looked a lot, a lot more healthy. Probably added some more years to his NFL shelf life. Maybe this does the same for Kaepernick, hmm. to where I he has. I think it's a different situation. All right. I I think the quarterback to running back there makes a big difference. Um, also, you're talking about a guy who is literally one of the best running backs we've gotten to see. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Adrian Peterson, incredible. Yeah. I mean, literally was eight yards away from breaking the all-time rushing record. Like, he was right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I don't remember what year, what year was that when AP missed that year? How old was he? Uh, do, 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 Adrian Peterson. 
He was, let's see here. That was his age 28 season that he missed. He came back at age 29 then. First, I mean, I'm sorry. That was his age 29 season. He came back at 30. I don't know. And it was only one year. Like that's the, I think I could agree with you more if, if Kaepernick only missed 2017. Mm-hmm. But at this point, he's missed 2017, 18, and 19. You know, for whatever the reasons were, it was what it was, but it's happened. You know, he's missed three seasons in the NFL. And, you yeah. know, from that workout, from what I understand, he looked good. You know, he looked like a guy who belonged at that level. Um, you know, from what I uh, remember from, from that workout last year, which, again, even that workout was now a year ago. You yeah. know, I mean, NFL players, they can age quickly, a lot of them, you know. Quarterbacks tend to have longer shelf life, but even still, it can happen. Um, especially, and, and like, here is kind of the equation that I don't, that I, the, the equation I find fascinating is you have a 32-year-old quarterback, not too many quarterbacks run very well at that age, right? I don't, you don't see right. too many, you know, like, I, that's probably where about camp. Is at, at his age, can he still run? Kaepernick, one of his big assets was his legs. You know, he's yeah. a very good runner. Um, you know, he wasn't that good his final season. You know, his final season, he didn't start the season because the 49ers went with Blaine Gabbert instead. You know, yeah. the, the, the 49ers thought Blaine Gabbert gave them a better chance. And then when he came back, he was fine. He threw for 22, 41 yards. 16 touchdowns, only the four interceptions is really good. Um, which Kaepernick, never a high turnover guy. He, he really never had too many picks. But no. th- those numbers don't blow you away over 11 games. Um, you know, that's, that's I mean, that's about 186 yards per game. Eh, that's not great. You know, a QB rating under 50, not great. You know, that so he definitely wouldn't. And, and also consider, too, that Jameis Winston had to be a backup. After just throwing for 5,000 yards. Um, so he definitely wouldn't be a starter anywhere. Cam Newton is also still out there. And there's a common denominator between the three of them uh, that, you know, can be taken pretty interestingly considering the whole world right now. Um, but I don't know. I think it's it, – the, the fascinating part, though, is that the league, like, uh, environment now, uh, on the field standpoint, you know, with the rushing quarterbacks. And, and, you know, things like Kaepernick helped usher in to another level, you know. Uh, it's more friendly to an offense like that now. You know, that's why the Ravens mm-hmm. have Robert Griffin III as their backup quarterback. And as a Ravens fan, I love having Robert Griffin III as their backup quarterback. Yeah. So it's an interesting kind of, you know, I mean, you, Ryan, with Ryan Tannehill. You know, one of the big things with Tannehill this season was kind of his rushing and that's mm-hmm. just Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I I hope that a team does give him a chance. Um, I I don't know though. I don't know. Well, you bring up Tannehill, so I'm going to go on with this. So I thought about you know what if the Titans did get him because we don't have a backup now. Last year we had Mariota. We did the whole Tannehill trade. Found uh, he decided to go for Tannehill. You saw that magical run, and now you're in in this offseason. Tannehill's your starter, no questions about it. But who's the backup now? You drafted a quarterback in in the draft, 
And you got another guy. I forget what his name was. But to me, essentially, you don't have a competent backup if Tannehill should go down. And that, and with Kaepernick, here's my, you, you brought up a good point with the legs. And which why I think that could actually kind of work to somewhat our advantage a little bit because you got the whole Derrick Henry factor right Absolutely. there. And, and, you know, we've seen it time and time again that rushing quarterbacks, especially when they have that hammer running back, it works great. Yeah, and and so you can do a whole, uh, you can do a little bit more there with, of course, options stuff like that. And I think with the Titans' offense, what was the one thing that was predicated on with the passing game? You teams would sell to run because you run with Henry time and time again, and then you hit the team on the big play action pass. I don't want ha- I don't want to be the cause for some horrible trauma, Matt. But thinking back to the Ravens game when nope, that happened, I where... won't do it, and you can't make me. <laughs> I will but take there, out my earbuds. But there are times when that happened. In which case, if you if Ten Hill should go down after you paid him a whole lot of money, or if he just stinks, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or if mean, he just it, stinks, it is Ryan Tannehill? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. We'll have to see if that carries over into next season. But should some, uh, should that happen, or should he get hurt, and you have Kaepernick? I think you still feel fine about the offense in which you can do, you can still do the whole running thing where you can run with Henry. Then you can run with Kaepernick some because there's that added threat with his legs. You know, yeah, he's 32 and he's been on the lead for a while. And that's, that could be a thing to look at, but he hasn't had to use them in the NFL, in the NFL for so long, in which case you might have some fresh legs there. And so that could work. And then, you can hit teams with the play action pass in which listen if that's all you're asking out Kaepernick it you know good let's go that route yeah you get an added threat of a quarterback using their legs and you also hey you got this 63 250 pound running back in the backfield to be worried about that's going to cause some problems and like you mentioned having a big power running back with this style of quarterback that Kaepernick is is effective I know it's a little bit different, but it's kind of like with your Ravens with Lamar and Ingram Ingram. to a lesser extent. Yeah. Because Ingram... Oh, Yeah, going back to the San Francisco days with those two. Oh, man. Listen, Frank Gore's been around forever. He has been around a long time. (laughs) I think I found out his son's a high school senior this year. I thought he was... uh, Well, this past year, I think he's going to college in the fall. Oh man, that's even more. <laughs> I, I I was watching the uh, the Ravens and 49ers Super Bowl, and they were talking about veteran running back Frank Gore. You know, he's like thirty at that point. <laughs> I'm like, man, he was thirty then. <laughs> yeah, so if the Titans make a run at him, go for it because we don't have a backup, and it, if Tannehill goes down, I think he would be a good fit for what we want to do and like i said if you're asking him to hit two three big play action plays you know just have simple passing plays and then use his legs a little bit good and then you got the derrick henry factor in which case you can hand that ball off 20 or, or more times to him per game and then you got the add threat of kaepernick of him using his legs yeah so. and, and i mean it, it all does depend on whether or not kaepernick does still have it you know because i mean yes if you, if you aren't playing in the NFL for three years and you're now 32, 
you know, uh, he can be in what looks like great shape when he's kind of out there by himself, but once you put him out there and he's out there alongside Rand Tannehill, does he look like he still has it anymore? You know, you have to bring him in, though, to see. You yeah. know, and, and so that's why I think, I, I do think someone's going to bring him. I think this is finally the year. And really, if it doesn't happen this year, I think it's over. Like, I think it's put to bed then. Yeah. Like, if it doesn't happen this year, then at that point he's now another year older. And we're farther away from that year when the NFL weirdly started to, like, advocate alongside him instead of kind of always pushing at him a little bit. Um, it's a shame that a tragedy had to happen to kind of bring that to that point. But, yeah, I know, so, I mean, yeah. if, if we go another year, though, like, if, if it doesn't happen this year, I don't think it'll happen. Yeah. I yeah, because he's going to be, I think looking at it and lo- looking at Google, he's going to be thirty three later this year, and then you would pretend, and then that's another year. That's another year in which it's not young. That, in, in the twenty twenty one season, he'd be thirty four, and like you say, quarterbacks they have a longer shelf life, but at some point, you know, the they're. They start to kind of be on the decline a little bit, unless you're Tom Brady, in which case is... <laughs> unless you're literally Tom Brady or Drew Brees, right? Like, other than that, by the time you're 33, 34, 35, you start to go, I might not have too much time left, you know? Yeah. Uh, I'm like, I think he'll get picked up by a team. I'm looking at, you know, Pete Carroll. He got a call from a head coach or GM saying... Somebody is interested in bringing Cap in, so uh, we'll see, and uh, we'll see who signs him. So Matt, let's end on uh, let's end on a story here. Let's on, end on a golf story. Let's bring golf into the picture. Yeah. So you know this is a sports show. Let's talk about the other one. So uh, during all of lockdown, you know, golf courses they they were shut down for a little while, and then they opened up and they had some regulations on them. Um. Only one person to a cart. Um, at the time, I, I went and played, I guess it's been two weeks ago now, uh, I played in Paducah. It was my only time getting to play while I was in Paducah. Um, me and one of the guys I worked with, me and him go out, just the two of us. And so, Ryan, one big change with golf right now is that the cups are pushed up out of the ground a little bit. Mm. So, like... Instead of putting the ball in the hole, you just have to hit the cup. Okay? Yeah. It makes putting a lot easier because you don't have to worry about, you know, if I hit too hard, will it glide over the hole? So you're not leaving any putts short. You're just going for it. You're just going up there and you're just whacking this thing, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So a couple weeks ago. Now, keep in mind, the last time I had played golf was September. Um, this was, again, this was like two weeks ago. So, the, uh, you know, I knew me and him, we were going to go golfing that Saturday. So, that Thursday before, I decided to go to the local driving range. And, Ryan, I pull my clubs out of my car, and I looked down at my driver. And my driver's in one of those big sock covers. Mm-hmm. And something looked kind of weird with it. It just looked different. And I was like, uh-oh, that's, that's probably not a good thing that looks different. I'm like, what's going on here? I go to pull it out, Ryan, and the head is broken off the rest of the club. Oh. 
no. So now, here we are, and we're moving the day after this round of golf. So now I've got a decision to make. I've got three options with my tee shot. In, in place of my driver, I could either use A, my old driver, that hurts my back because it's too short. And again, we're going to be lifting heavy boxes the following day, so I don't want my back to be sore. Yeah. I could go with B, my 7-wood, which is a little bit of a shorter club, uh, lengthwise, like, on, like you know, hitting length. Um, and also with it, if I hit under the ball too much, it's going to pop straight up and, like, not even the second baseman has to catch it. Like, literally the pitcher can catch <laughs> this ball. Or option C, I can use my one iron. Which, if you know anything about golf, you've probably never even heard of a one iron. Because no one hits it. Because it is such a tough club to use. But I have one. Um, yeah, like the reason is it's so tough because there's like no forgiveness on it. So if you don't hit the ball perfectly, it's going to be a shank. Like there's really no middle ground. It's like 200, and, 200 yards or shank. So Ryan, those are my three options, right? So hole number one, I decide. What do you think I went with? Well, I don't think you went with your old driver because, again, the whole yeah, I, I, it's it stayed it stayed in the bag all all game. It never came out. <laughs> so seven wood or one iron? Do you I go with the one where it gives you a little bit less distance, more consistent, but when it's bad, it's very bad? Or do you go with the one that has higher upside, but when it's bad, it's very bad? Hmm. So basically, between upside and consistency, that's I kind of think, the question. You know, I think you went with consistency. I think I did. I started out with the seven wood, and it's a great first shot. That first shot was really, really good. Okay, so hole one, I believe I either got par, maybe I got bogey. I don't remember for sure. Hole two comes around. I decided, okay, you know, we're going with the seven wood. It, it was working. Let's, let's do it again. And Ryan, I pop this thing straight up. It doesn't even get to the wooden seas. <laughs> this ball, it went like 20 feet. Oh. It went like 40 feet in the air. But it went like 20 feet forward. Okay, so I go again. Same <laughs> exact thing happens again. Oh, so now, we're only on hole two. There are 16 holes to go. And I am losing confidence in the club that's supposed to be a little bit more consistent. So for the rest of the round, I'm driving with my one iron. And, like, Ryan, this club is so hard to hit. There's a joke that if you're ever playing golf and a storm comes around, hold up a one iron. Because not even God can hit a one iron. (laughs) But, Ryan, I absolutely cry. Crushed it with this club pretty much all game. Especially the front nine. I dominated the front nine. I shot a 42 on the front nine. Hey. Uh, even par is, I believe, 36 that course. Um, so that front nine, I absolutely crushed it. Uh, I, I did have one birdie. Um, it was on a par three. And on the par three, I had a really good first shot. I was just off to the right. So I'm not on the green. I am perfectly distance uh, to the T or to the hole rather. 
and I'm off to the right. Now, remember how I told you about how uh, you don't have to get it in the hole, you just have to hit the hole? Mm-hmm. So I'm off to the right, and I go to chip. And I go to chip it on the green, and I punched the ball with the bottom of the club on accident. Mm-hmm. And so that, instead of, you know, your typical, very pretty, majestic chip, ball goes up in the air, lands on the green, has like, you know, maybe two or three bounces and a little bit of a roll, right? That's mm-hmm. what it's supposed to do. Not the case here. I hit this ball. It is a ground ball. It's going 100 miles an hour. This ball is booking it on the ground. But remember, it just has to hit the hole. Typically, this ball would have glided right over the hole. It would have been in the bunker on the other side. But Ryan, I'm the luckiest man on earth. And the ball hit the hole. (laughs) So that's a birdie. So that's how I got my birdie. Now, I'm not going to tell any stories from the back nine because the back nine sucked. But uh, (laughs) that 42 on the front nine and my lucky, it will forever be known as my coronavirus birdie. Oh. That was that was my one round. I'm gonna play. I'm gonna try to maybe go out and play around next week for sure. One week from Monday, uh, there's a bachelor party and we're gonna go play golf. So that'll, right. that'll for sure be uh, another round. I'm gonna try to go next week though. Yeah. You know, you mentioned that. I'm just glad things are starting to open up a little bit more. You know, I'm still I'm still feeling a little bit uncomfortable going out. Because, again, you br- you brought up, you guys thought I had it. You guys thought I yep. had the thing. Uh, thankfully, I didn't, but I'm still a little bit wary. But I am excited. You know, movie theaters are opening back up. Uh, so, I'm, I think there's some in California that o- are opening up today, in fact. There's actually, uh, me and Rebecca were looking online at, like, just what the closest movie theater is to us. And we aren't mm-hmm. sure if, <laughs> well... We aren't sure if this is like a regular movie theater or if it only plays old movies, because every movie on their te- on their like like uh, Showtime list is an old movie, and mm-hmm. it wasn't like, it wasn't like a Regal or Cinemark or an AMC. I don't remember what it was. Like it sounded like it was some maybe more local kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so we mm-hmm. aren't sure if it's like a regular movie theater or if they just like specialize. In having like Jaws and Star Wars. Well, it might just be a thing where you know there's not a whole lot of new movies. Right, that's, that's what I told like, her. Is that that's why we yeah. don't know? Yeah. So I guess once things start to open back up, I guess I guess that's when you'll see. Yeah. Uh, I, with AMC, there's been a whole thing because there's been a whole thing about them being concerned about them potentially being bankrupt and them having to file for that. But yeah. I've been seeing stuff where it sounds like. A lot of their theaters are going to reopen up in July. I'm hoping that the AMC near me is one of those. Because if not, I'm going to have to travel a little bit farther to go see a movie. Uh, so hopefully that'll stay open. And in July, there's a couple big ones coming out. Uh, you got the Christopher Nolan film Tenet coming out. And then you got Mulan coming out the week after. So couple big ones coming up but i'm just you know you mentioned that you're gonna potentially go get the golf on because of a bachelor party it's nice to see something starting to open back up a little bit even though i'm still a little bit terrified of going out 
<laughs> I've been used to it because I'm an introvert. I've been, I'm used to staying inside, you know. And so, you know, I'm excited to be able to go back out when the time is. The thing with Tenet, though, is he, this is the funny story. And I'm going to tell the story ahead, and you might see this in July, is that when it came time to getting masks, in case you were going to go out, mm-hmm. uh, there's somebody in town making them. And so my dad presented the options, and one of the options was to get a Batman mask. <laughs> and so I was like, you know, give me the Batman mask. I can I'm have fun bat. with that. I, or like, I can do that. Well, no, not the Bell impression. The Bell Batman voice is hard to do because that can throw your voice out. That you, you might lose it. I don't know what you're talking about, Ryan. I think it's perfectly fine. I'm a bat. You know, I'm more apt to do the Bane or Joker impression in that case. You know, <laughs> especially the Bane one. That's easier. But, uh... Oh, right! Thank that... God you're back! Two-Face is just here. <laughs> Rachel! <laughs> <laughs> but one of the things I, I'm, I'm going to enjoy with this, if I go see Tenet, is, of course, it's directed by Christopher Nolan. Robert Pattinson's in it. He's the new Batman. Well, what better way to wear a Batman mask to that movie? You know? <laughs> He's not Batman. Because I'm Batman. <laughs> uh, I, you know, if I, if that happens, I just hope somebody gets it. I hope somebody gets the idea of what I'm going for. That's Nolan. Panson's the new Batman. I'm wearing a Batman mask. Listen, I'm going to pull out my best Kawhi impression. I'm a fun guy. Ryan, we need to wrap up soon because I'm going to do the rest of the show <laughs> in my Batman voice. Because I'm Batman. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Well, Matt, get away from DC right now. Let's advertise for Marvel because, like you mentioned in the middle of the podcast, we got a Civil War podcast coming up next week with uh, the Captain America wrap that trilogy up. I can't wait. I love that movie. I can't wait to see what Peter's thoughts on it in its entirety. That's going to be a trip, everybody. This is going to be one where not everybody agrees. So, the last two... Pretty much been me and Peter gushing on First Avenger and Winter Soldier. Which I enjoyed. I listened to both of them. I had fun. Yeah. And so this one is going to be a little bit different. Where you're because get Peter a little Lewis bit is a stupid idiot and somehow doesn't <laughs> like Civil War even though it is a top three Marvel movie. Yeah, I just watched it this week because I thought, again, we were doing the pod this week. But things change, and so I, I'm going to watch it again next week to see how I feel about it next week. I had a lot. Uh, I, there, I had a lot more laughs about it this time. There's a lot more things that were funnier to me, I guess. But that'll be next week. Uh, and speaking of the Winter Soldier pod that you mentioned, uh, it's out there. Go check out SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, and Anchor. Thanks again to Anchor for sponsoring this episode and that episode of Entertainment. Uh, so we'll be back. Uh, I don't know when we'll be back on the Views channel. Again, this is all flexible. We'll see what happens, see if any big news comes out within the next week or so pertaining to the MLB, if they got a deal done finally, or if there's anything happening with the NBA, any plans change. But on the entertainment pod, we'll definitely be back next week. We'll be doing the Civil War pod, and we'll go from there. So uh, without further ado, Matt, before we get out of here, where can people find you at? Follow me on Twitter, at Batman. That's B-A-T-M-A-A-A-H-N. 
No, actually, follow me at Real Matt Mormon. <laughs> Thank you, though, Batman. I appreciate it. You're welcome. You're a gentleman and a scholar. It's nice to have Batman sponsoring the show. Yeah, Bruce Wayne sponsors the show. I'm Batman. That's a good plus. And you got a billionaire backing the show. That's good. <laughs> Uh, and you can find me at RyanViews573. Go check both of us out on our Twitter accounts as well. So thank you guys for listening to this edition of the Views from the 573 podcast. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye.